live from the old National Bank State Street studio. Across from the historic Chicago Theater, you are listening to Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. This is WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Abdallah here on a Wednesday night <laughs> with you for the next two hours. And if you want to join us, you can call us at 312-332-3776. Abdallah, let's start with this. The Bears are back at practice today. Justin Fields spoke at Hallisall earlier today. Matt Eberflew spoke at Hallisall. The injury report is out for this week against the Lions. Clean. Essentially, the, the Bears are ready to go. Uh, for the most part, a full squad will be healthy and ready and active for the Lions game week 14 on Sunday. Tyreek Stevenson with the ankle injury was a full participant today in practice. So essentially the Bears don't have to worry about any injury issues. And as we head towards this game, the one thing that I continue to think about as we head into these final five games is this. It's, it's obvious. How many of the five left can the Bears get? They have four wins on the season. I think there are three winnable games that seem pretty obvious. It would be Cleveland, Arizona, Atlanta, and you got two divisional games, the Packers and the Lions. Can you split the divisional games? Can you get the four wins? Can you get to eight for the season? I mean, I think they're all winnable. I mean, look at the point spread this weekend. It's a three-point spread right now. It was three and a half. It came down. It's now three. If you look at the weather report that's uh, coming in for on Sunday, it's going to be very windy. Jared Goff throwing in the wind does not look very good uh, for a game plan. And so they'll want to run the football. And the Bears are one of the better rushing teams defensively in the NFL. I think that this is a very winnable game. I think that there are just based off like let's go recency bias, right? The Packers are world beaters, okay? So I think there are four winnable games. That doesn't mean they're going to win four of them. I think they need to... I I know that Matt Eberflus today, when he talked to the media, stressed wins. They're like, what do you want? Like, the biggest thing that they need to see still are wins. And that's something that has obviously eluded this team for a while. They had three last year. They got four this year. If they don't win any of these next five games, he's out. Simple as that. And I, I think that, you know, that might dictate... The game plan, too. You know, when we come in here on Monday and if they find a way to beat the uh, Lions and Justin Fields has over 100 yards rushing again, but is only thrown for 150 yards, I don't want to hear people bitch and complain about it. No, that's not that's not what the team is trying to do. The team is not trying to just make Justin throw just to see if he can do it. The team is trying to win football games. And so all of these games, to me, are still winnable games. If the defense is playing the way they have the past few weeks, and they've really come around, they're starting to generate turnovers, they're generating pressure on the quarterback, these are all winnable. If you happen to win them, great. I don't care what the game plan is. I want to see wins. That's what we're judging this off of. Like, if the game plan is, like we've said, run Justin Fields for over 100 yards and he throws for 150 yards and they win, awesome. If the game plan against the Browns, who have one of the better defenses in the NFL, is to throw a bunch of screen passes again and they end up winning the game 12-6, to great. You won another game. That's now what? That'll be four in a row, three in a row at that point? Great. That's what you're trying to do. 
The team is trying to win football games. That's what's most important up in that building right now. Is Justin Fields' development and improvement and seeing whether or not he's a quarterback of the future important? Yes. But they're not going to sacrifice that for the sake of the game plan and the win because the coaches need to win for their jobs as well. I think along the lines of uh, this game being a winnable game for the Bears, the one thing that I think we all obviously point to is the defense in the last few weeks has really stepped it up. And so if we look at this contest against Detroit and we go back to the last matchup where the Bears choked it away at the end, the defense played well. They got turnovers off of the Lions offense and and Jared Goff. And we know that Goff has struggled when the climate hasn't been perfect. We've seen it with our own eyes when he was with the Rams coming into Soldier Field on a cold, wintry night. He played like crap. We've seen that. And so we know that coming into Sunday that this team's going to have an opportunity for the defense to play well against a Lions offense that has firepower but has struggled at times outside, especially with the quarterback. And then you look at it, how can the Bears keep things close? I mentioned the defense playing well. You know, the Lions defense is not that good. They're 21st in defensive yards per play. So that means that the Bears offense, I think, is going to be able to move the football. I don't think what we saw against the Lions a couple weeks ago that that was just like a once, you know, one one time thing. I, I think what will be able to happen is I think the Bears are going to be able to move the football on the lines, and the game comes down to the Bears defense creating turnovers and being able to limit the Lions offense, much like we saw in the first three quarters against the Lions a few weeks ago. You pair that in into the uh, mix with the idea that Eberflus has his defense playing well in the last couple weeks. You're right. This is a winnable game. I said three to start the conversation off because I didn't want to sit here and go, hey, let's welcome uh, everyone in to Black and Abdallah. The Bears are going to win the next five games. They're going to get to nine wins, and <laughs> things are going to be smooth sailing from here on out because we have our quarterback, and the head coach is going to improve enough that we're going to be okay. We're going to be satiated as we head into the offseason that this mm-hmm. is the guy for the future, and this team's going to make a run at the playoffs this season. I don't think that's likely. No. I do think you can beat the Lions, and if you do beat the Lions this weekend, there will be momentum as you head towards a team with a backup quarterback and a backup to the backup, and then you get two teams in the Falcons and the Cardinals who are not very good. You're not very good either, but you have an opportunity here to kind of change that as a Bears fan. Absolutely, and I think that that's what's most important, right? Like, they're going to go into this offseason whenever, you know, that last game against the Packers, and then on that Sunday evening or Monday morning when Matt Eberflus and Kevin Warren and Ryan Poles all sit down for their meeting, they have a very, I think they'll know before then, right? Like, I think we'll know before the Packers game. I don't think we'll be talking about that Packers game being like a swing game either way. Like, if they win, he's safe. Loser leaves town. You know, like, I don't think that that's going to happen because it shouldn't. You shouldn't be relying on one last game. I can understand saying the last five games, right? I can understand saying the last, what have we gone through, the last seven games with Justin Fields against the Lions. The defense choked away at the end. They beat the Vikings. They have the bye, and then now you get to face the Lions again. I can understand saying the last seven games. That's almost half of the season. Saying, hey, with these last seven games, we are going to judge you because Fields is back and everybody, for the most part, is healthy. Your offensive line is healthy and all that kind of stuff, right? Now we go into this game against the Lions. Same thing. Five games left. Everybody's healthy. You've got no significant injuries on the team. Everybody's back. Everybody's out of whatever protocols that they had to be in. Everybody's healthy. This is where you judge the team. You've got... You already won 
one out of the three divisional games that you had left or four divisional games that you have left. You have another one here. You can start a win streak here by winning two in a row, and then you have the Packers at the end. I would think that how they play against the Lions, how they play against one of the top defenses in the Browns, and how they play against crap teams that are the Falcons and the Cardinals, I think we'll know before the Packers game what the direction of this team is. They might not say it, but I think we'll know. Like, I don't think that game against the Packers is going to come down for it for Eberflus's job. Like, I think we'll have a good understanding. Like, if they win, if they go three and one somehow out of those four, we'll be like, okay, that's probably enough. Seven wins is probably enough. That no matter what happens against the Packers, because the, Pack, the Packers might be playing for a playoff spot at that point, they might be playing for nothing. We don't know what it's going to shake out in the next four games leading up to that game. But I would hope that the final game of the season isn't like a coin flip as to whether or not you're bringing back Matt Eberflus and Justin Fields. And yeah, that's where we get the, to the quarterback conversation. Last night here on the show, we were talking about Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur and, and whether or not you want to give most of that success and uh, the percentage on who to give the credit to towards the quarterback or the head coach, we were both leaning towards the head coach. Now, when we look at Justin Fields, if the Bears are able to run off some wins here towards the end of the season, like at this point in the year, through eight games for Justin Fields, he has 1,500 yards, 12 touchdowns, six interceptions. He's been sacked 29 times. He also has ran the football uh, 77 carries on the season. He only has one rushing touchdown uh, this season. He also has a couple of fumbles in the run game and also many fumbles in the passing game. And that's been the biggest issue with Justin Fields as a quarterback. I will say, at the moment, he is trending to have a, a better passing season than he had last season, which is not saying much because last season wasn't great. 17 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and he only threw for 2,200 yards. Uh, we were expecting much more from Justin Fields. I know that he was injured, so he hasn't played in a few games this season. But as you kind of project this forward, not only does he have to play well for them to win, he has to play well for the stats to actually look like he's worthy of being a quarterback for an NFL team in the future. I, I think the one thing that we could kind of point to is there are two stats that have jumped big time as far as uh, his play in the last year, from last year to this year. Completion percentage is up four points. It was 60% last year. This year, it's 64%. And his quarterback rating last year was 85. This year, it's 92. 92 puts Justin Fields as the 15th best quarterback in the NFL as far as quarterback rating. He's right in the middle. Mm -hmm. That's exactly where he is. Mm -hmm. He's had good games. He's had bad games. Do we Right in the middle is not good enough five years from now. Can right in the middle be good enough for next season and the year after as this team continues to build around Justin Fields? That's what we need to find out in the next five games. I don't know the answer on that. Ryan Poles has to figure that answer out. Right in the middle, you can win some games. Yeah. Can you win enough to be competitive? Can you win enough to win uh, playoff games? Can you win enough to get to the Super Bowl? I don't know if in the middle can get you there. If he's closer to 12 than he is 18, I would say, yeah, he's the guy. Okay. He could figure it out. But if he's closer to 18 than he is 12, then I don't know if that's the answer. Let me ask you this. With the improvements that they made to the team this offseason, okay, and during the season, adding Montez Sweat, it helps 
Does it help Justin Fields directly? No, but it helps the defense, which gives them better field position, which should, you know, everything helps everybody. Complimentary football, as Matt Eberflus would say, and that it should help Justin Fields. It helped Mitch Trubisky when he was here when he had a great defense, right? And this defense is not playing like that defense was, but they're playing really well. They, they revamped the offensive line. They're playing a lot better than they did last year. They're not great, but they're still better. They might add another guard. Maybe they add, if they're not sold on, the, on their left tackle, they add a left tackle. They're definitely adding a center, right? We all believe that they're going to add a high-profile weapon, whether it's Marvin Harrison Jr., if they miss out on Marvin Harrison Jr., maybe it's the kid out of Washington, maybe it's the kid out of South Carolina, maybe whoever, right? They're going to add a top-end wide receiver to help whoever the quarterback is, alignment to help whoever the quarterback is, right? Your running back room is set. You're probably going to add another edge rusher. You might add a three technique. You've got a bunch of money. You've got a bunch of draft capital that you might get more of if you trade out of the number one pick. He made those improvements as a quarterback with what they gave him this year. Do they think he can go even further if you add even more? Because that's the thing, right? Like, you don't have to take a quarterback this year in the first round. You could trade out of the number one pick. You could probably trade back to three, four. You might still be able to get Marvin Harrison, Marvin Harrison Jr. If you trade back to three, you can add a tackle there or later in the round. You can add a, an edge rusher later in the round. I saw a mock draft today that had them getting Marvin Harrison Jr. and uh, Dallas Turner out of Alabama, and that would be, whew, that I'd, I'd get a Dallas Turner jersey in a second. Anyway, my point is, if he made the jump that he made this year, with the additions that they made to the team with DJ Moore and revamping the offense and adding, you know, Darnell Wright and the other positions on the offensive line, can he make an even bigger jump next year if they continue to add around him? Because that's what I think the conversations are, are happening up at Hallis Hall. I think they're looking at this as, is it just Justin Fields? And if we replace him with Caleb Williams or Drake May or Bo Nix or whoever it is, will that be an improvement or... If we stick with Justin and we add another offensive lineman, a high, a much better uh, wide receiver than Darnell Mooney as a second option, right? If we add to the defense, so our defense is keeping us in games and even better than they are than they have been playing the last you know three four weeks here, is that enough to say we'll stick with Justin? Because right now he's middle of the pack, right? If they add more, can he get into? you know, that 10 to 15 range and not 15 to 20 range? Yeah, it's a good question that you asked there. And and I think the, the thing that I continue to go back to is if they finish out this five-game stretch to end this season pretty well, you know, you're, you're not really that far away. Let that sink in. Like, if you look back throughout the season, they started off in horrific fashion, 0-4. And, and the wins haven't necessarily been there but if you can finish the season strong, you're going to be seven, eight wins. That's not that far off. So, like, to your point, if you continue to add to the defense, continue to add weapons, is that good enough for the future? We'll take your phone calls at 312-332-3776. We're talking about the Bears and Justin Fields here on ESPN 1000. Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. This is Black and Abdallah on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago.
It's Blocking a Bell here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Did you say uh, earlier today that Politico reported that Jerry Reinsdorf met with the mayor of Nashville? They had a meeting, Abdallah, in person, a meeting. Yeah, the the winter meetings are in Nashville. Jerry Reinsdorf meeting with uh, the mayor of Nashville. Maybe they just got a coffee. Maybe they just had lunch. He's not seeing if uh, maybe there could be a stadium maybe he wants uh, to open for the White a, Sox. I mean, maybe there. he wants to open a bar. Maybe he does. Maybe he's a big honky tonk. Would Would fan. it bother you as, as a White Sox fan? Would Would it bother you if they left town? Dude, I'm I'm just so frustrated with this team. And like, 05 was so cool. It was great. It was so much fun when they won. And like, I if he doesn't care, why should we care? Right? Like, he says he cares, but the laughing about not being in on Otani, and like, like I don't care if you're not going to be in on Otani. You don't laugh at the prospect of being in on Otani. Like well, I, the, I think he was laughing at spending that much money for one ball player. Regardless. I think that, that's what he was laughing at. I know. I know what he was laughing at. You still don't do that. You, you just say, hey, we're going to weigh all of our options and whatever happens. Like, you do that, right? You don't laugh in the face of your fans and say that, well, we're not going to do that. You know, honestly, in, in where baseball falls in my fandom, if, if the Sox left town, uh, yeah, my favorite team, the team I grew up rooting for as a kid, and you're right, 05 was great. I remember uh, the, the good guys wear black teams of the, the early 90s yeah. with Frank and then later on with Canerco and Maglio and all those teams and, and Jermaine Dye. I, I love Burley. All, I, I enjoy going to the ballpark. It, it's, I, I would much rather drive down to the ballpark mm-hmm. on the south side than go to Wrigley. Uh, you can park. It's enjoyable. You get in and out. It's great. And it's a beautiful ballpark. Honestly, if they left, I wouldn't care. And, and it wouldn't even like I wouldn't even seek out a different baseball team to follow. I don't. I just wouldn't really follow baseball all that much. Yeah, I would just concern myself with the te- other teams that I follow. And I, I really enjoy the NBA. I love the Chicago Bulls. I wish they would try, but they they don't seem very interested in trying to win either. Uh, but you know, like I don't think it would really bother me. I know that we were talking with Carmen and Yurko earlier today. Carmen was saying, "Well, I have to pick a new team." I, I don't know if I would pick a new team. I just no. would just go about my business, and baseball just wouldn't really factor into my daily routine. Well, like, if the Bears moved out of the state, I wouldn't just continue to be a Bears fan. Yeah, I, that, would. I would. I would still be a Bears fan. Out of the state? Are they still called the Bears? No, they're called. They're just moved. They're called whatever. They're not existent. So they just don't exist they anymore. Move, yeah. They pulled a Browns and yeah. moved to Baltimore. And they just... They just moved. They're not the. They're not the bears. They're not the bears anymore. They're not in a new city no. as the bears. No, they move them to St. Louis and they call them the Arches. I probably would then not follow them. You're right. Okay. Yeah, You're that's right what I'm that. saying. Yeah. 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 Like if they're still if, called if they the were bears, still the bears, I yeah. would probably still follow yeah. them. Yeah, but it's not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not talking about like a Raiders type move. Where they're still the Raiders, but they're like the Vegas Raiders or the Chargers, the yeah, LA like, Chargers. Like if the White Sox go to Nashville, if that's something that takes place, I don't think they're going to be called the White Sox anymore. What, what would they be called? The guitar picks, the music notes, the Nashville the, guitar picks, the capos. It's that little thing you put yeah. on the guitar. Yeah, yeah, so no. like yeah. <laughs> is that is that the name? I don't know. I mean, if they still have the Sox hat, that's still a cool hat. I don't. Why would they be called the White Sox? Because it's their name. Okay. The but A's not- are still going to be the A's in, in Vegas. They're not leaving the A's name. And the, the A's have bounced around from many cities. I know, but I would I would just clean slate. The Rams went from St. Louis listen, to, Nashville, to Los Angeles. They're still want, the Rams. You don't want that stench on you. Whoa. 
Ryan in uh, Geneva. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Ryan? Hey, guys. Um, great show. Thank uh, you. Just a couple of concerns with the last segment because you guys are using uh, quarterback rating, you know, with Justin being in the middle. But if Correct. you look at his QBR mm-hmm. and you include sacks and fumbles, he's ranked 23 out of 29 rankable quarterbacks right now. And we don't want to talk about the other guys he's down there with. They're all guys you wouldn't pay any money to. So I just, I'm not sure if he's even middle of the pack right now. And that as far as picking up a second big wide receiver, he can't find Mooney when he's open now. How's he going to find Harrison Jr.? I mean, who, how are these guys going to get the ball? Yeah, I mean, sure. If he can't find Mooney, can't find Harrison, you would assume that Harrison's getting uh, more separation. You're assuming he's a better player as well. But, yeah, if he can't get to Mooney, can't get to Harrison. I understand your point. Thanks for the call, Ryan. Thanks. There is. And and we were talking about quarterback rating. It was just one stat that we were giving. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields is 15th in the NFL this season in quarterback rating. Uh, yeah, QBR, he's 23rd. Uh, and when we can go through all the different stats as well and, and give you off the list, but essentially it seems like he's middle of the pack. He's had some good games. He's had some bad games. Mm-hmm. And it's trying to figure out which Justin Fields is the actual guy. Is it the guy that played well against Washington and Denver? Or is it the guy that played poorly against Kansas City and Tampa Bay? Who Who is the quarterback? I said going into the season, and there's still five games left, and I understand he missed some time. So these numbers are a little skewed, right? But I said my number for Justin was going to be five, right? And I've said five in different categories. I wanted the completion percentage to go up five points. Right now he was at 60.4 last year. He's at 64.4 this year. Four points, right? I wanted more touchdowns. He's got 17 last year. He's got 12 this year. So let's say he gets a few more. He might, unless he only has one a game, eclipse that number. He might not, depending on how the games go, right? And I wanted the interceptions to come down a little bit. And he had 11 last year. He's got six this year. So don't throw any more interceptions and we're good. So as of right now, the sacks needed to come down a lot too. He had 55 sacks last year, only 29 this year, but he has missed some time. But he is throwing the ball away more than he did in the past when he would just hold on to the football and take the sack. So I feel like right now, as long as he has a few more touchdowns here in these next five games, if he's got, you know, maybe two a game, which would be nice, he's going to get close to the numbers that I wanted to see him get to. That completion percentage is progressively going up from 58 to 60 to now 64.4. It is. And the touchdowns hopefully will go up. The interceptions have come down and the sacks have come down significantly. So he is improving and they did improve the roster. So I'm wondering if they're looking at, hey, if we improve the roster even more, could we get even more out of Justin Fields? Mike, on the north side, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you? Good, man. What's up? What's up? Listen, you guys, I don't remember who said it, but you guys had me dying laughing a minute ago, and I've never heard this in my entire life on ESPN radio. One of you guys said that U.S. Cellular is a beautiful ballpark. Chris Black, I said it. it. Mark it down. It is the boringest place I have ever been into. Boringest place. Hey, you cannot the pay me to go problem. there. It's, it's a, terrible. Okay. It's, ter- it's a terrible ballpark. The food is better than the ballpark on the south side. The food it, is that, great that, down there. I'm with you on if the they food. Went to the, if they went to Tennessee, they would be the white sucks because 
That's a garbage organization. My diehard Cubs fan. Oh, there it is. Big surprise. There it is. Enjoy that Ivy and not getting Shohei Otani. No, but can I say something in terms of Justin Fields? um, He's not the guy. He's not. We've seen enough. He's consistently inconsistent. I don't think his offensive coordinator believes in him. I don't think he believes in himself in a lot of ways. The line isn't great, but listen, we're not going anywhere this year, man. Why don't you just let the kid rip and run? Let him do what he needs to do. Stop play calling all these rinky-dink little screen passes and just let the kid play ball. Let him see. Let's see what he has. But on the other hand, a question I have for you guys is, why is the only college quarterback that's in discussion Caleb Williams? What about that kid from Carolina? What about Bo Nix? What's your guys' take on that? I'll hang up and listen. I appreciate it, guys. You have a good night. Well, Mike, most Thank of, you, Mike. Most, both of us have said we don't really want Caleb Williams. So on this show, both of us have been talking about other quarterbacks besides Caleb Williams. I've been on Bo Nix for a while. At length, we've talked about other quarterbacks. Yeah, like I would be fine with them taking a an edge rusher if that how it goes. Or I would want them to trade out of the number one pick, move down further, pick whoever you can with your pick. Um, if you can trade down to three and you get Marvin Harrison Jr., awesome. If you trade down to four and you get uh, Dallas Turner, whatever, whoever it is, that's fine. Um, but to me, I would rather have Bo Nix. Like, I've been on the Bo Nix train for a couple <laughs> months now. What's funny? what I miss? Note in the Twitch chat yes. is saying that uh, that last caller reminded him of uh, Sebastian Maniscalco. Uh, the Chipotle! You've got uh, Brian Bazzucchini. on the food! Listen. Listen, these uh, these Southsiders in their park. Who whoever said it was beautiful? The White Sox. Who said it was beautiful? You guys, if they go to Nashville, how about this? How about this? You guys can you guys can use this one. Tell your friends. I'm going to call them the White Sox. How about that? How about that, Kevin? You like that I one? Couldn't believe he was a Cubs fan when he dropped that bomb uh-huh. on you guys. Uh-huh. Yeah, I said. I said. You know what I said? I said the White Sox. Yeah, I heard him. Yeah, I the said, ballpark's I said, got good Stromboli. Shocking! I, it's a perfectly fine park. It's it's it's, it's nice. Ni- it's, it's a nice. great park. It's a nice. Park. There's nothing that beats a summer night oh, down yeah. there. Mm-hmm. The smells, baseball, perfect weather. It's great. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home <laughs> for sports. <laughs> You're listening to Black, 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 and Abdallah on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. <laughs> Our song of the night tonight coming up at 6.50, it sucks. No, it's, I'm not, sorry. it's not a good song. It, it stinks. It's not a good song. I regret our decision to select that song tonight. I, there was nothing else, though. Sometimes there's just nothing no, else. So we'll and survive we in advance. And, like... If you weren't here, I have more freedom with Song of the Night, I feel Whoa. like. Yeah, what does that absolutely, mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. When you're not here, it's Abdallah Unleashed. I can play Alkaline Trio. I can play Deftones. You can play whatever you want. No, I can't. You got a good I one can't. tonight? I could. You're All not right. going to let me play Deftones. In 15 minutes. We can't. Tomorrow. No. Deftones tomorrow. Tomorrow's Thursday. 6.50. Yeah, tomorrow. we don't. Yeah, okay. 
I'm Jeff Joniak, and here's your song of the night. <laughs> uh, 15 minutes, we'll give you the song of the night. It's not great tonight, so you want to stay and listen to that. It'll be fantastic. Juan in Portage Park, you're on ESPN 1000. Hello, Juan. Sir, why are you hating, man? Who's hating? You guys are hating. Okay. We didn't get Otani, but come on, man. Who's hating? You guys are hating, man. Are we hating? You're you're hating because you guys talk about the White Sox like they're special, and nope. they're not. They're someone people. said the ballpark oh, was... No, someone, well, no, 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 Cub fans curse, in their fields curse. today. Listen, no, no, no. listen, Juan. People, someone uh, said, someone said, said the stadium was I crap, and all we did was defend no, it. No, no, no. I said poop. Yeah, we know you said poop. Juan? Stop hating, man. What are, who's on, hating? Man. We, didn't say, we didn't even bring up the who's Cubs hating? tonight. What are you talking about? You're hating. Wow. Is, is We're Cub- a better franchise than you guys. I'm sorry you guys, to tell we you don't, We don't care. We're I don't care. Yes. I don't care. I don't disagree. I wish the, the White Sox would go for it every year. You know, yeah. I love y'all. You, hey, you guys make me laugh. I love y'all. Thank I, you. I'm, what is going on? Boop. All right, Juan. Thank thank, yeah, thank you. There, there it is. Thank you. Thank yeah, you, yeah thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Yeah, there it is. Juan. Do we need to go to the, the news desk and get some news? Some new news? Some new news here. The Cubs have still not signed Shohei Otani. I mean, boy, is this it? Are Cubs fans really in their feels like that? Oh, dude, the... Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Like, we... If you were not with us 10 minutes ago, we had a caller who called in who had jokes about the White Sox. Bad ones. Because I said that I enjoy going to Guarantee Rate Field to watch a game on a a hot summer night. Yeah. That's all I said. And he had a problem because I called the park beautiful. What's wrong with that? So he had jokes about the White Sox. Yeah. Neither of us took shots at the Cubs. Nope. We just defended that we like going to Guaranteed Rate Field to watch a baseball game on a hot summer night. <laughs> and now Cub fans are in their fields because well, they're going Shohei through it. is yeah. not going to sign with the Chicago Cubs. They're going through it. Maybe they That's got a tough. better, better well, shot at uh, Bellinger because Soto went to the Yankees. You know, what we like to point to is in the early 2000s, there was a show on Fox called Arrested Development. Mm. And, uh, you know, with the Cubs and Wrigley Field, there, are, there always seems to be money in the banana stand. Trying to find some money for the family. Always money in the banana stand. We don't have the money, Pop. Always money in the banana stand. And so Michael, his son, and his brother together enjoyed the cathartic burning of the banana stand. There was money in that banana stand. Well, it's all gone now, Dad. There's $250,000 lining the walls of the banana stand. Why didn't you tell me that? How much clearer can I say there's always money in the banana stand? No touching! No touching! No touching. Always money in the banana stand. One would think the Cubs would have the $500 million to go after Shohei Otani. It was reported yesterday in the USA Today that they balked at the 10 years, $500 million that Shohei Otani wanted. That sucks. Mm -hmm. It does. One would think you would have the money, but biblical losses in the (laughs) pandemic. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bill and Grays Lake, you're on ESPN 1000. Hello, Bill. Oh, hey, guys. How you doing? What's up? What's up? Uh, well, I heard you talking earlier about the, you know the constant speculation about fields and the in the future and stuff like that. 
And, it, and it'll be exciting to watch, you know, the last five games to see if there's any real progress or not. But I want to make one comment. I, I've heard from several expert sources, uh, you know, over the radio, uh, that mm. uh, the Bears having the first pick last year and most likely the first pick this year, if not the first pick, the second pick. And if if the Bears, with all their history of quarterback failure and all the questions about Justin Fields, if they go through two drafts in a row uh, with the number one pick and don't pick uh, the best quarterback available that they de- deem, that that's negligence. And that's, you know, that's what will get polls fired. So that's not going to happen. Polls is going to uh, pick the best quarterback in the draft and, uh, and uh, most likely uh, uh, before the draft comes is, is going to have to pick a, a coach who can develop that quarterback. I mean, I, I don't think there's any real question about that. Do you guys think that? I, I think there is a possibility that one Fields or Flus will be back. I think it's possible. Thanks for the call, Bill. I, I don't think it's 100% that the Bears will have a new head coach and a new quarterback next season. I think if things go poorly in this next five-game set, yeah, certainly that's what's going to happen. But I think it's possible that one or both could be back next season. I think it's it's both or none. Both or none. If you're drafting a quarterback that high, if you know after five games Fields ain't it, you're not drafting a new quarterback with Matt Eberflus. All right, let me ask you this. Because that would mean you lost games, right? What would you be worried about more? Drafting a new quarterback with Eberflus still here? Or getting a new head coach and still having Justin Fields on, on the team? I'd be more worried about drafting a new quarterback with Matt Eberflus. Yeah, so would I. If, if, they, if you told me that they were getting Jim Harbaugh and Jim Harbaugh was like, I like Justin Fields. I can. Fi- I can. We can win with him. We can win with him. I can fix whatever's broken. I would I trust can- that. Yeah, absolutely. Look yeah. what he did for Alex Smith. He he gave Colin Kaepernick. He, like he turned him into Colin Kaepernick. Like the- he has a track record of success with quarterbacks. Matt Eberflus doesn't. He's a defensive head coach. If you told me that the right head coach was coming in here, if it was Harbaugh specifically, I think I think I'd be I know no I don't think. I know I would be the most confident if Harbaugh said it. If Harbaugh came in and they're like, "Hey, we're iffy on Fields. What do you think?" and he was like, "I can win with that." And he he lays out his whole plan about how he wants to to do that. That's fine. I don't I don't think Eberflus is back and gets he isn't. So I think that's the other thing you have to consider with that. I don't think Getze is getting fired and Eberflus is coming back. No, I don't, I don't think, think that so. that's no. likely. Every, it's either everybody or nobody for me. Ed and Wheaton, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Ed? Yeah, hey, kudos to you, uh, Black, because you said once uh, USC starts losing, Caleb Williams would go to the bench. He, he, he'd turn on his team and pout, and Abdallah, up until the Notre Dame game, was all over Caleb Williams, and he said he was a Bo Nix fan for two months. He was yeah. all over Adala. He was all over all over Caleb until they got their butt kicked by Notre Dame. Yeah. And then I and then you know Ed, I don't know if oh, you no. know this. Here we go. I don't know if you know this, Ed. I don't know, guys. Opinions can change. Doll's gonna be feisty. Did you know did you know that opinions can can Get him, Ed. can change? Oh yeah, I know opinions can change, but the Notre Dame game was less than two months ago. 
And you said up until two months ago I was all over Bo Nix. Mm-hmm. Bo Nix couldn't win in the SEC. What makes you think Bo Nix is going to win in the NFL? Because he played with a real head coach. He played for Gus Malzahn. Gus Malzahn's trash. Like he, yeah, he went Gus to. Gus Malzahn was a quarterback coach. I mean, he okay. worked with quarterbacks. And he was crap. What, what, he got what, thrown what, into the fire as a true freshman. Okay. He was in over his head. Okay. And, he, and you and want he, you he want failed. you want the dude that quits on his team and pouts and won't meet the media? That's the guy you want? No, I don't. I hate Caleb Williams. I think he's a waste. And I said that two months ago before the Notre Dame game. Okay. And Black was the one that said, "Remember the Utah game last year? Yeah. Remember when when Caleb was pouting on the bench in the Utah game where he's hurt and he's blaming it all on the teammate." Look at all those games. For Ed, I'll say instead of two months, I'll say seven weeks. How about that? Does that make you feel better? You Are you gonna sleep yeah, better, better tonight? Okay, I'm glad Ed's yeah, gonna but, sleep. But, I'm glad Ed's gonna but, sleep better tonight. When you go but, and you but, rest your head but, on your pillow, but, you can say I, I got but, Adam. I told him it wasn't two months, it was actually no. seven weeks. It's no, okay. Well, you said you're all, all in his camp. You're yeah. in his camp when, when all of a sudden they, they get on a run. What do you mean all in when they get on a run? Caleb Williams sucks. I went with Bo Nix. Who cares? What difference does it make? Whatever. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exa- my thoughts exactly, Ed. Whatever. Ed hung up on you, Jesus. by the way. <laughs> you, you guys okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Who gives a crap? Can Jesus. I, for the record, <laughs> Caleb Williams isn't trash. Well, he's just not necessarily the next Patrick Mahomes. No, he's that's, not. That's my point. I think Caleb Williams is very, very good at football. Yeah. I just think that... If you're looking for a number one pick and a quarterback, I'm not going to assume that he's going to be the next great quarterback in the National Football League. I, I watched him at USC, and there were concerns because he's always blaming someone else, like Ed was saying. Uh, it's something I picked up on. He he would uh, you know get upset when Lincoln would, would sub in different running backs and this, that, and the other. And I, I think there's some... I would be surprised if Caleb Williams showed up to a bad, dysfunctional franchise and was able to t- pull them out of their downward spiral. You see what I'm saying? Like he's the type of guy who's great when everything's going great. We throw but when things aren't going well. It seems like everything's kind of a miss. We throw the word generational around way too easily. Well, it's very obvious what happened in September. People who watch football were bored, and every talking head had two thoughts. They thought that. Caleb Williams was the next Patrick Mahomes and mm-hmm. that Colorado Buffaloes were going to win the national title mm-hmm. because everyone was too bored to talk about the games in front of them. Generation. So that's all any television show talked about for a month in September was that Caleb Williams was the next Patrick Mahomes and the Buffs were going to win the national title. Whatever. You're listening Whatever. to <laughs> ESPN Chicago. Sleep tight, Ed. Black and Abdallah are back on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. Whatever. Click. Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. We will get to the song of the night in just a moment. It's a terrible song tonight. So Can we we'll just not that. do it then? No, we're going to do it. It's what we do. We bring you the song of the night around 6.50. Is it long? We'll, we'll get it. Uh, average average time. Average time Aver- for a Average song. length? Yeah. Uh, average length of a song. Oh, okay. Uh, Danny on 290. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Danny? Danny. 
Oh, he hung up. Yeah, that was a great that call. Was that was going to be a great call. I wanted to agree with him. He wanted to say, I need more say on Song of the Night. Well, and here he, let's go. Here he is. Danny on 290. There he is. Nope. Oh, that's, that's I want that. more say in Song of the Night. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, James in New Lenox. You're on ESPN 1000. Hello, James. Whatever, Danny. <laughs> Thanks for letting me get your spot, bud. <laughs> hey, uh, I just want to say I've been hearing a lot on most of the shows that people are calling in and saying, you know, polls has to take a quarterback because one of, if one of these guys turns out to be a somebody, he's going to get fired if it doesn't happen. And give me some leeway on this. Like, there's plenty of drafts with multiple quarterbacks in it. Like, you got the Mayfield, Allen, Rosen, uh, Darnold draft. What if you end up with one of those guys? What if you end up with Michigan? What, what if he takes the quarterback and, and misses like they missed on Mahomes? He's going to get just as fired. So just take the two best guys you can when your pick's up if you don't trade back and build your team. I'm not saying Fields or Bajent is the answer, but just go into next year with those guys under contract. They're, they're cheap. You're going to build your team up. Quarterbacks come out every single year. You have just as much chance of hitting on a good quarterback next year as you would this year. And if you traded back to New England or the Giants or somebody, you're probably going to have a top five pick from them again next year. I'm not saying you could do that forever because you can't, but the guy's not going to get fired just because one of like five quarterbacks that are going to go in the first round or first two rounds turns out to be a stud. That's that's ridiculous. It's just I don't know what people are thinking. Uh so whatever, guys, I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> Thanks for the call, James. Appreciate it. And I think I just saw uh, ESPN put out like a graphic or, you know, uh, one of the graphics was like looking back at the 2020 draft. Mm-hmm. It was like, see, they're all good now because it, it's Joe Burrow. It's uh, Tua Tungavailoa. It's yeah. Justin Herbert. And mm-hmm. now that Jordan Love is playing and playing well, yeah, he he's in that group as well. He's a first round pick, right? Or he was, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was picked 26 in the mm-hmm. first round in yeah, 2020. People so, are, like, people are all mad that they didn't take a wide receiver or something to help and they took a quarterback. So, there's a bunch of quarterbacks in the 2020 draft. They all turned out. It didn't yeah. have to be the number one pick. I would say, though, if I had my selection, I would take Joe Burrow of yeah, that group of and he was the number one pick. So, if you don't take the quarterback number one, is getting the second best guy, which is Justin Herbert, who went sixth, is that good enough? You know, Tua Tungvalo went fifth. He's probably the third best guy of that group. Yeah. Is that good enough? Yeah. I, I think Bears fans would take any one of those three guys today. I think that in order to win, there's obviously a lot more involved. Like quarterback is the number one position. But like you like look at these teams that win Super Bowls now. Like the Eagles going to the Super Bowl last year, like they had the best offensive line in the NFL. Jalen Hurts wasn't the best quarterback in the NFL. He's still not the best quarterback in the NFL. And I was just looking at Hurts. He's from the 2020 draft. He was selected in the second round, the 53rd yeah, pick. Exactly. Like, you don't have to take the guy first or second. You'd be fine with, with someone in the second round like Jalen Hurts. It's time for the song of the night. I want to rock! Hey, turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Exp- ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's Song of the Night. Yo, Larry. Tonight's song, we go to Steve. Nah, nah, hey, hey, kiss him goodbye. From 1969, it's your Song of the Night. Da, 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 da. Hey, hey, hey. Love you. 
original Jock Jam. Na Na Hey Kiss Him Goodbye by Steam, released in 1969. December 6, 1969, this song hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100, and it would be there for two weeks. Number one in 1969 on this date. Back way win. And I say it's the original Jock Jam because a lot of stadiums play this oh, yeah. when someone is ejected, sure. when a pitcher is, an opposing pitcher is pulled. And fouls out of an yeah. NBA game. The White Sox do it at their very beautiful stadium. Beautiful ballpark. Beautiful stadium. Beautiful park to go to. Take the kids. Grab a holiday voucher. Now that I have a second here uh, during the song of the night, I have to ask you, why do you think that you don't get say in the song of the night? Well, because it's what a happens, collaborative effort. It is. We look at something and then it comes down to like, we usually look for something of historical reference to play or something of that nature. And if we don't, then I feel like my say goes out the window because my on my response is let's play Trapped or let's play Creed or let's play Deftones. We play or plenty let's play, of stuff like that. And you're like... No, let's keep looking. <laughs> and then we end well, up with, we end up with this. I don't think it would surprise people that you're very easy to just give up on looking for stuff. No, cuz I want to play the stuff that I like. You like take a quick glance and you go, "Oh, there's nothing today. Let's play this." So I'm like, "Well, yeah, cuz I want to play something I like. I want to I want to hear some inflames tonight maybe." Here's the method uh, behind my thought process with that. There's plenty of times where there's nothing. Yeah. So it's dealer's choice. And we have okay, to come up with something. Chris, it's okay. And that's why. Eventually, you're going to take vacation. And I will have Abdallah week on Black and Abdallah. And it's all the jams that I want to play. It's wrong. <laughs> Do you have any other factoids for uh, Steam? No, the song sucks. <laughs> it's like Remember the Titans? Today, uh, today, my no, when, when Abdallah goes, should we continue looking for a song? My response was, Nah, we we rarely feature songs from the '60s. Let's there you go. go with it. So there you go. Steam, nah, nah, hey, hey kiss them goodbye. 1969's your song of the night. to Nashville. How are they still going? Just play the sound. No. Gonna let it ride. We're gonna be late. No. Hey, turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Exp- ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdullah's Song of the Night. Yo, later. We'll be back in two minutes. Black and Abdallah, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports.